Hey, Melody. Hey, Peter. Sup, Drew. Oh, hey. <laughs> well, hello there. It's going to be my new works. Works. Are you trying new, You're trying new intros? Okay. I, as long as you don't try to mix it up every time. That way lies madness. Yes, true. That's true. Welcome to How College Works. Today, I figured we'd have a little fun with it since we haven't uh, got our people scheduled. So keep it light. We do an autocomplete interview for how college works. Work so the way it's going to work is okay. Drew and Melody have, have shared with them a document where I've just screen capped the Google search where I type in to start with how college, and then we look at all the autocomplete, and then we answer those questions. When we decide that we don't want to do that anymore, I have other ones because there's who, what, when, where, how, why. <laughs> Why college? Why college? Exactly. Why college? <laughs> I, but the autocomplete allows us to sort of hone in on a slightly more specific question, which is a little easier to answer than just why college. <clears throat> so um, who would like to start us off? I'll go. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know. I'm, now I'm worried. <laughs> I mean, you just get to read the question, Melody. The three of us will will answer. Okay. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm gonna the first one. So you put how does college right? Yes. And then the the first complete is how does college work? That's right. That's a podcast. Um, you're <laughs> yep. listening to it right now. Yep. Yep. All right. And can I just kind of skip that one then? So yeah. It's. I mean, I think the answer is complicated. It's complicated. Okay. <laughs> How does college work? We have 80 episodes on that. So yeah, nearly, yeah. this is 90, I think. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we're closing in on a century of this. <laughs> 100 hours. Wow. Yeah, basic, close, close. We Very had some close. short ones, but yeah. We had some short ones, it's true. How does okay. college work? How does, so, so then you, are you reading the whole of this? Melody, I'm just going to read the next one because I thought the first one was like, e like a little too the, easy. Obviously a plug. That was obviously a. Okay. Okay. Hey, I can't help what Google says. Right. Google loves me. I can't help it. Is then how does college GPA work? Which is a great question. And I don't think we've talked about it specifically. And it is a little different from school to school. Mm. Yeah. Didn't we talk? Well, we talked about adjacent to this topic. We have talked about GPA, Mm -hmm. I think, but I don't think we have dedicated an entire episode to it. Um, I mean, an, an hour on GPA. I mean, like, I can see why we may not have. <laughs> so it's it's isn't it UC Santa Cruz where college GPA doesn't work? Or no, it's it does now. It does it's now. Reed, Reed College where Reed they they do they have, have grades. grades. They they still have grades. They just don't tell the students. The students don't ask. Oh, but they used to have no grades. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. so Santa Cruz was like that too. They used to have no grades, and now they do because of some situations probably you know probably legal things but so how does gpa work i mean so it can be different for different schools when i was a ta i was at uw madison and uw madison does not go on the plus minus system so it's not a a minus almost nobody does a plus b plus b b minus it is a mm-hmm. a b mm-hmm. b bc mm-hmm. space <laughs> like that was me when i got there it was like uh i'm sorry what yeah so a slash b well, yeah, a, it's just A B next to each other. A, I think it's B A actually. On Western Michigan does that too. 
Ah, I see. Was I see. A, B, A, B, C, B, right. C. I think I think UW is A is the higher one first, so it's A huh. A B B. I could be I could be wrong. So it's just sort of blending the A minus B plus into a single mm-hmm. grade. That, but you almost never like that's like how does college GPA work? Well, you almost never look at that. It, it, you want to get your you have to get high enough to get like I, I had to get C's for degrees in order <laughs> to get the full four credits towards my major in my major area courses. Right. But, I wasn't like, oh, I got to get that 4.0. Like, that's not. I mean, you can't. I mean, for, depending on what you're doing, if you're applying for scholarships, GPA can be important. If you're really competitive, GPA can be important. Mm-hmm. How it actually works mathematically is that yeah. you take the grade that you got in your class, and that's translated into a point from, I guess, zero for nothing up to four for an A. Yeah, but I said, but it's it's so much. I mean, in high school, and then, well, then you'd have to take a weighted average, right? So the number of credit hours for that class determines how much weight it has. So a one credit blow off class or just low credit class is not going to affect your GPA. If you have a five credit lecture plus lab, that's going to affect your GPA five times more. But the reality is. Nobody looks, well, I don't nobody, but it, it's less important what your overall GPA is because you just either get the degree or you don't. And I need to make sure I've got a C or higher in the course so that I can get my credits in undergraduate anyway, like unless you're, I mean, I mean yeah, I, I, again, there are specific instances where your GPA as an undergraduate is going to matter. But if you're leaving right. college and taking a job, Right, but right. what I mean is like, you know, the difference between a 1.2 and a 2.5 is important, but the difference between a 3.0 and a 3.8 is not determining whether you're not, you get your degree and complete. Uh-huh. Correct, correct. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, you get your, yeah, it, it's not that, it's how many doors is going to open for you in that next step. And it's really just that next step and maybe the second one, where is the most va- valuable to you. Yeah. <clears throat> But if you want to know how your GPA is calculated, it is told to you in your school's course catalog. I guess my we have had an episode about that. We have. (laughs) We did for sure. And like nobody's calling back saying, like, oh, you just applied for this job. What was your undergraduate GPA? Don't care. No, I mean, usually they, I don't think they care so much. If they are going to look at stuff, they might look at your overall, like, are you. Uh, summa cum laude or magna cum laude or right. cum laude, which these are cut off set at different levels, I think, for different okay. schools at how high your GPA is at the end of your time there. So summa is the highest, then there's magna, so like with all honors, with great honors and with honors. So cum laude is with honors. But again, I think you're right. It's like, Usually that's not, they're not like, let me see your transcripts. <laughs> like if you're applying for a grant sometimes or uh, a scholarship to go to say grad school or you're going to grad school, right? Then GPA can matter. But as you progress from high school to college to grad school, GPA, uh, the importance of it drops as yeah. you go. What's more important as far as how this college degree impacts my job prospects is did I complete Yes. Versus incomplete. And then if I'm up on the, at the application, you know, in, uh, uh, interview process with somebody who three and a half years and I did four and a half and finished, it makes yeah. an easy choice for that, them. 
Yeah, that's that's much more important. If you attended Berkeley versus graduated, you know, Western Michigan, know, UC Riverside, or some other place that's not as as <laughs> high up, right? It's the, the the degree in hand is way more important than I did two semesters at Berkeley. <laughs> All right, Drew, you want to take the next one? How does college work in the UK? Yeah, we don't know. Don't know. Yeah, we need to get some, <laughs> can't answer that one. Get some more guests on the show for that. Um, yeah, it's true. I, I should. Uh, I have a couple of people I could contact and bring them in. How does college work? I'll just do the next one too because that was like a gimme. How yeah. does college work in the U.S.? Do you want to try that one? <laughs> I don't know what that question means. Does it mean like, oh, two years associates, four years bachelors, or a hundred and blah 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 credits undergrad? I don't even. 120 <clears throat> almost always and for us but i think that's fairly standard mm -hmm. i don't know they just uh short or condensed our liberal arts core ah so mm. next next okay. okay i'll take the next one how does college credit work we have discussed this but you know just to clarify here uh how does college credit work um Every, every class is given a certain number of credit hours, which, has, which reflects the amount of work you need to do both in and out of the class. Mm. So if you're like, oh, this class seems really easy, but it's a five credit class, it is not really easy. If you're like, oh, I want a really challenging class, a one credit class may not be the class that you want. There are exceptions. Drew can speak about a music major and the one credit classes that they took that were like not one credit. They were- Or the zero credit I classes you took. Credit yeah, they're yeah, obviously not zero credits, right? They are- Then I took doing... one called Geology of the National Parks and that was a four credit class. So it was not as awesome. As, I mean, well, okay. It, it was fun, but it wasn't as fun as we thought it would be. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's four credits. It wouldn't have been as it would have been much more fun at three credits. Maybe two. Possibly. <laughs> right. So basically, basically, this is something that is set by the professor, the, the instructor who's who's teaching it, or the department who is developing the the, the syllabus, the course, uh, to tell you to communicate to the students how much work is involved. Oh, I had no idea that was set by the instructor. I can I can set mine. Wow. I can't yeah. set mine, but, but I the mean, department, uh, you know, right. and those kinds of things, like, you know, I'm sure the chemistry department decides we have four credits. One is a lab credit or whatever. And then like foreign language tends to be four or five credits because they want a lot of total they also so lab language. Lab. We had a limit to the number of credit hours that were allowed in a major. So in my music major, I capped out, we had a hundred, I had 135 credit hours that was the exact limit because and the history courses were actually four credit classes they were listed as three credit classes so that they could get under the under the limit yeah juking the stats also yeah. zero, the zero credit course also helped with that but the benefit <laughs> of the zero credit is you you pay for zero credits so it didn't yeah. also true yeah so there are exceptions uh, to that the credit hour setting that out and I am my own department. So like I can set the credit hours however I want. If I'm doing crazy things, people will come ask about it and I'm gonna risk accreditation for my school, at least in some, in some areas, so. And almost always it's three credits unless there's like some sort of lab component. It's interesting that those history classes were four, but whatever, that's different. <laughs> Music history covers like 
I, almost 2,000 years. Oh, so it really did need to be four. It was three courses, three semesters. So one credit for 500 years. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Okay, I'll, uh, how the classes, how does credit work? There was class, was that classes? That was credit. I don't know what they mean by classes. How does college classes work? So one, we need to speak some grammar here, some issues. That's Google's fault. how does college, how do, I will just say, how do college classes work? Uh, that, I mean, I mean, pick uh, whatever you want, yes. <laughs> but read the syllabus, we'll do that. Take it in one sense, it's like, it's by professor. The professor decides yep. what, what they're gonna teach, how they're gonna teach, mm-hmm. if they're gonna do, if they're gonna require lab, if they're gonna do experiment hands-on, whatever, or if it's lecture mode or whatever. Right, are we gonna be pass-fail? Are we gonna be plus-minus grading? Are we gonna do one exam and that's you only grade? Like all, all of that. The schedule too is set by you as far as like, I need to have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday at one o'clock. Like that, that's set by you, right? The yeah, again, that for me, I set that, but it, but it is also for me in conjunction with my division, often with a bigger department the department kind of negotiates who's going to do what, when, what are their, what are their needs, what are their preferences. And then, so the department kind of sets that. Uh, read How, the syllabus is like yeah, syllabus. number one advice. Does that um, course catalog change? Yep. Is that, is that lots of changes every single year or every semester, I suppose? No. You want it to be slow changes. You don't want to be doing a lot of changes to the course catalog because that means you're having real upheaval in the way your college is doing their classes, right? Which means that uh, it's hard for the faculty and the students to understand what they need to do. Yeah, because they're basically picking their course of study based on that catalog. And if it changes too swiftly, then it's unfair to... Right. Well, part of of that is you are only beholden to the catalog you came in under. You can choose to adopt a new version, but if you come in and they do a catalog change the next year, you are legally under the catalog that you entered the university. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Uh, I will say another sort of broad thing in terms of how classes work in college is that where, as we've talked about in high school, technically, although your results may vary, the um, responsibility to follow up and notify and keep people on track falls to the instructor. Whereas that responsibility falls on the student in college. So I I don't have to notify my students when there's a paper coming up. They should have read the syllabus. They should have looked at the schedule. I, they're adults, they can handle it. Um, that's not necessarily like the best recipe, right? But if a student's like, why didn't you tell me there was homework due today? I'd be like, it's on the schedule. I'm like, I don't need to tell you. It was there at the beginning of the semester. We did have an episode on that. Yes, I think we did. Probably a few. Okay, do you want to continue this or we could shift gears to a different question word? Uh, Melody, you're up, so you get to pick. Oh, I don't like the next one at all. <laughs> okay, page two. <laughs> no, I don't like page two at all because like the first one, the first three questions are all related and I don't know if I can answer that, but we can talk about it, I guess. Or you could jump down to the next one you want to do. Yeah, jump to number four. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can jump to number four. So why does college matter? Because otherwise, this podcast is pointless. 
<laughs> reevaluate my life choice. That's right. Oh, dude. I like the one that the the one further down that says almost the same question. Why does college exist? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Drew, you have answered that question on our podcast, which is yes, yeah, we did. Yeah, that these so why don't you answer that while okay. we're there and I'll think about why it matters. Why it matters in a minute. Yeah. So well, and my understanding is incomplete. So a history person will will remind me, but um, those original universities from the 1100s was like the Sorbonne and Bologna and Seville and maybe some others that were originally monasteries. And so the professor is professing the faith and the lecturer is Lectio is reading the book. At the lectern. And at the lectern and the book that they're reading is the Bible for the most part at the beginning, right? And then when it becomes a university, it, it, it splits off and becomes secular, but they kept so much of that. We had that episode on regalia mm-hmm. and how, it, uh, and even the graduation ceremony really mirrors the um, induction ceremony for Roman Catholic catechism, which is where all those universities were, were in the Roman Catholic uh, zone, as it were. So that's where that's why college exists. It was it was, uh, you know, copying books and passing on learning and and um, studying and a, and a way to. It was actually a, joining the church as a clergyman was a way to move forward socially, social advancement, and not be stuck as a serf. Um, a serf. I've heard that in forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody's heard that in forever. Not, not since Melody was in grad school. Right. So that was a very simplified version. I mean, I think that's fine. As for why does college matter? I mean, depending on what you want to do, it doesn't. I mean, that's like, like the honest truth. In terms of why does it matter to me um, or why I think it can matter for for some students, um, there is a level of depth of learning with kind of the guarantee that it is of a quality. Mm-hmm. Right, that the a degree from a, an accredited university or college is meaningful in uh, the subject that you have your degree in, and so somebody looking at it can, without having to actually vet you, and, you know, like show me your show me your skills. Right, they can look at your degree and be like, oh, they have a degree in biology. Right, that comes with meaning that they don't have to do any more work on, and so that's why it has become so mm-hmm. important in terms of a, a hiring perspective in terms of um in terms of your knowledge it is a location where a bunch of people uh, experts in that field are there and available for you to learn from yeah. uh, i think this is a this is a, a possible frame and it's it's loaded that's a loaded question maybe but yeah. it's a possible frame to bring to some of our future guests here where they're teaching in programs that are for students who they're the first in their family going to college. So why does college matter? Why go into this program? Why is this program important in high school and in K-12 to get students to college? And there's a rich debate over it. I would, I would guess that the reason we talk about that in that sense is that, and I can't look, I don't know the statistics, but I would wager money that your lifetime earning uh, potential, uh, correlates super strongly with your level of education. (laughs) So my ability to earn income as PhD is significantly higher than somebody uh, with just a bachelor's. I'm not sure where the master's comes in there, Mm -hmm. but certainly like Drew, you have, you have, you earn more because you have a master's. Absolutely. 
Yeah, the master's pays for itself. The in education in in my state in my situation, a PhD would not pay for itself. Mm, yeah, that's true. Unless yes, I went somewhere else and did a different job, but. Uh, but besides, I think even just completing two years of an associate's, it, you already get paid double from just a high school diploma or not, not finishing high school. So it, on average, that's an on average, and that may have changed. But uh, I think to me, like if I'm talking about the AVID program, specifically with the teachers that, are, that I, we want to invite, um, that program has like a 96 or 97% acceptance rate into university, into four-year university, which is staggering compared to yeah, seriously like public k-12 institution mm -hmm. like high school graduation class going to college is not anywhere close to that good good response mel do you want to take the next one after why does college matter <laughs> i guess <laughs> uh, why does college take so long <laughs> it just does <laughs> <laughs> along the line and I don't know the history but clearly we've decided that a certain roundabout number of credit hours equals an undergraduate degree and a roundabout number of credit hours equals a master's degree and that's just the standard and the way that that works mathematically to divide those evenly among the the semesters is four years typically although you do have to tend to take more like 15 credits a semester to reach that yeah. Um, and like, I guess some of my students usually get irritated about, we were just talking about the LAC, the liberal arts core. Um, oh gosh, why do we need that? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, critical thinking, writing, reading skills, all those things do translate up to your actual major stuff. So you do about two years of general education requirements just to make sure that you're ready for those upper division level classes in your major. And then you do about two years of specialized training in your major. So that equals four years for a lot of people, five for other people. Took me right. four and a half. Yeah, no, no shame in that. No, no I, don't, uh, I feel fine about it. Five, five, you should be ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a music degree, no less. I know. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of, you worked, I mean, Drew, you worked way harder than I did. And I got a degree in physics. So, yeah. I don't know. Some people are able, and that's the topic of our podcast also, is some people are able to do the 12 full-time full, full -time hours easier, better than others, mm -hmm. depending on the program, depending on the university, the professors, all of that situational stuff. And then how your life is going at age 19, you know, yeah. I was not super rough. I was not equipped to do 15 credit hours a, uh, a semester. And I had to always, I signed up for 16 or so and dropped and all that, but we've covered that. We've, we definitely told that story. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah. And I do think that that we do sort of sell it as a four year degree, but you're absolutely right for lots of people. It's a four and a half or five year degree. And that's totally fine, especially if financially that's not an issue. Um, I know some people will hurry up and try to take like 18 or 21 credits in a semester um, to try to finish early so that they can get out and start making money and those kinds of things. So, yeah, I mean, that's a real constraint that, that I was lucky to not have as far as five years was not uh, the timing and the, and the money was not the constraint for me, which leads us to our second next question. <laughs> Drew. <laughs> you can ask that one, Drew, since it was your well, favorite. I love it. Why does college make you depressed? <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's hard. 
this it's is challenging. But <laughs> I think that's the simple answer is like, yeah. we're going to ask a lot of you. And, well, for, and it's a total sea change. It's, it's mm -hmm. a, in a strange land. Like I've come out of high school as a, as a top student, as a K-12, yeah. the top 10, 15, 20% of students going to university. And now I don't know anybody, or maybe I know three people, a handful. I'm on a different campus. I'm separated from my family for the, for my mom and dad, my siblings that I may be really close with or whatever. And it's a totally separate. And the system doesn't work the same way. That's the topic. But it looks like it does. I mean, that's, that's also a big topic of this podcast is that it looks like it should be the same. Like it's a car on the outside. Why are the pedals not working properly? Right. Why am I not as successful as I was? Like when you exited high school with A's on your English papers and you go to college and your first paper turned in gets a C, that's devastating. Most of my papers <laughs> turned in and my first semester got a C. That entire class was a C for me. Yeah. And some of that is because the expectations are higher, but like you were mentioning, you were top 10 or top 20, and now you're in a classroom full of top mm -hmm. 10 or top 20. Mm -hmm. And so it's yeah. just a different game. And I think students, like I came from a small school, um, you know, I felt like I was okay. I ended up going to community college, um, but I could totally see how I would have gone into a four-year school with a, my, my writing class or whatever and been like, oh yeah, I'm an A student and maybe not have been an A student at that level. That yeah. was like truly the thing where entering the trumpet studio at the university with 10 freshmen, which was a large cohort. I said, oh yeah, I was first chair in my high school. Like every, all 10 of us were first chair in our high school. Right. Like, if you weren't, guys, you wouldn't have been there, right? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And, and luckily though, part of university is that amazing health center that was available at all times to go make a phone call and make trips and, and you know, get connected with the resources I needed. So hmm. well, and I mean, I think all the reasons that you mentioned and it being hard and it just it kind of feels like it's never ending. <laughs> you know, it's like, one, okay, okay, I did this paper. It's awesome. Now you have this paper in your history class and this is a exam in your biology class. Mm -hmm. And there's it's just constantly sort of having to overcome these obstacles. And then you get three weeks off for Christmas and then you're back in January starting all over again. And you're like, really? I, it just and, feels very hamster wheel. Yeah. And, and, and listeners, I'm going to really burst the bubble here. That is just a preview of the rest of your life. It really is. And uh, I think that's the grindy wheel now that you're 40 and there's nothing left. Of I mean, it's not, not that they're like that everything is just wearing you down, but in the terms of like when I was a when I was a, in high school, we went to summer vacation, like my responsibilities were just gone. It was two months of just do nothing. It was amazing. My parents were went to work. I just laid around the house, got up at noon. I mean, they come back and be like, what time did you get up? You're like, noon. Be like, ah, you're wasting your day. It's like, I don't care. Right. <clears throat> As an adult, I, I got to get up and go to work every day. You know, in the summers, I have summers off, but I got to use them to prep for my classes. Most people don't have summers off. You just got to keep coming back. <laughs> you know? Well, you get got to get in on this education teaching gig, baby. Get those summers off. Oh, summers off are amazing. But that's kind of a lie in a lot Sorry, of ways. That was a, that was a joke. I just derailed us. Sorry. Well, but still, but I think you're right. And I think, and I hate to burst people's bubbles, but I do that a lot too. And I'm like, I'm like, you're tired and stressed now. This is your new normal. You know, it just, this is it. They're not, once you get married and have kids and have a job and a mortgage and all that stuff, 
it's actually worse. <laughs> well, I mean, you're developing these these skills and this sort of you know ability to do that, right? So it's it's not like my the, the demands on me now are probably higher than they were when I was in college. But you're more capable. But I'm more capable. Yeah, right. way more able to meet them, to rise to meet them with skill set, and and that took years of practice of. <laughs> Of hamster wheeling in college. Right. <laughs> and learning how to just get up and start working and start doing even when you don't want to and write 5,000 words, even when you're not motivated to do it. Yeah. It sucks. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, well, and, but you get better at it, right? And you so get better. There, there is sort of, why does it make you depressed? Because it's, it's difficult and that's not, <laughs> That's not a comment on a student's ability. No, I don't know if difficult is what was, I, I, I hear what you're saying and we've kind of wandered along and bird walked here, but at the same time, the, the, the depression, I think the mental health aspect is more so from the, from the absolutely brand new scenario, like you've landed on Mars <laughs> and you expected to be in high school times two and you're actually on Mars. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. It's disorienting stranger in a strange land is more so, I think, impacting mental health than, you know, and the ability where you could be isolated socially in your in your room with a roommate you don't know and don't like and not know how to get out and make friends and not know how to get out and join uh, community groups and, and study groups. And, and my success rate is so much different. Like th those things are impacting mental health way more so than those are residual to the difficulty and the challenge of it. Right, right. Yes, well said, Drew. But my connection there is if I'm struggling and I've never struggled before, I'm doubting myself and I feel bad about myself. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, I mean, I just to kind of bridge it a little, but all of all of the things have a yeah, no yeah. wonder. It's a rich tapestry. Yeah, rich tapestry. <laughs> of depression. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was gonna touch really quick. Why does GPA matter? It depends. <laughs> Sometimes or it won't. Drew would say it doesn't. And move on. Certainly within your major, you got to maintain almost always a C to progress I'm gonna let within you, your major. I'm going to let you finish. I feel like we just, when you wrap up, why does college make you depressed? But go, <laughs> go reach out for help. The health center is here. Make a phone call. Have a friend walk you down and make an appointment. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I've co-signed that 100%. If you're depressed, uh, that's real. Reach out or, or have someone help you reach out or have someone make you reach out yeah. to get help. It's a real feeling. There is no shame to it. And, no. and absolutely. To grab some help. Oh, Lord. Actually, it's just really adult stuff, man. And so we just all have to deal with it. Um, and sometimes you really need help. And that's just how it is. I, th I think we all need help. I mean, this idea that I shouldn't need help, that I should be an island unto myself, <laughs> and that I am, I'm just this big masculine man who has no just shrugs off negative feelings is uh is bs it's total bs you know just let just let that go <laughs> all right i'll grab the next one which is who does who does college loans who does yeah. college loans? Is that for, oh who does college loans fanny may and Freddie mac no um <laughs> no that's different <laughs> uh, there is one for college loans yeah pell grants those are government. Those aren't loans. Oh yeah, that's a grant. True. <laughs> so the, the U.S. government, at least in the U.S., is one person uh, or entity that will do them. 
the colleges themselves, some of them I think will do that. There's also independent um, entities that will that will give college loans. Uh, usually, the U.S. government is your is your is your best deal. Is my impression. FAFSA is the starting point. FAFSA, yeah, you need to have FAFSA filled out in order to take advantage of these things. Federal application for something student student aid. Aid. I don't know. That okay. sounds right. We could Google it, but I'm. I'm busy. Uh, so. Federal application for financial student aid? I don't know what it is. I'm not sure. FAFSA. FAFSA. Free application for federal free. student aid. Student aid. Yes, I was right. That's right. Student aid. Super important. F, F in the chat. Yeah. F in the chat. F in the chat for me. The rest of the ones on this one are all about uh, either College Game Day, which we're going to pass, different podcast, or the Electoral College, which we're going to yeah. pass, different podcast. I just want to say go Broncos. That's all I want to say. Um, Mid-American Conference, go Broncos. Okay, go. Sure. Sorry, talking about the Denver Broncos. No, no, no. College Game Day. Oh, I wasn't yeah. listening. Okay, right. Sorry, we don't follow sports. Oh, yeah. You went the to sports ball. <laughs> Wisconsin, you don't follow those Badgers, though. Oh, I don't really. I have friends who do, though. Apparently, women's hockey is crushing it or something. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Cut that part out. Okay. Okay. Shall we jump to the next one? We got a few minutes. Sure. Sure. Let's do it. it. Where does college tuition go? (laughs) Into my pocket? No, uh, just right down the toilet. I just take it (laughs) and flush it down the golden toilet that the president sits on. The president of the university I'm obviously talking about. No, okay. Actually, this, this one's yours, Peter. This one's okay. So it depends on the school, how much of their sort of budget, their operating budget comes from tuition. For my school, 50% of the operating budget comes from tuition, which means that that tuition goes into paying for all, basically everything. Uh, so I, you could think of half my salary as coming from tuition half of um, the things which come from the operating budget, which are what keep the lights on and pay our housekeeping staff and our physical plant, the groundskeepers and the salaries for the other uh, administrative and other staff positions like our librarians and the secretaries, half of that money is coming from tuition. And, and benefits for all those employees. And yep. so I'm assuming you have something similar department wise as far as finance department, purchasing, mm-hmm. HR, payroll, uh, yeah. benefits, um, facilities, maintenance, operations, transportation, <laughs> right? And then there's Fleet. faculty, you know. Yeah, so it's, so basically the other half comes from the endowment and gifts, donations of money or in kind, which means things. Parking tickets. Parking, <laughs> not for us, but for yeah, that revenue stream. Many other places, like the money from parking tickets. Well, and our students also have to pay quite a lot for parking passes, which is not mm-hmm. included in their tuition. So and that's right. So uh, basically, it keeps the lights on. 
yeah, so tuition, but that is a revenue stream is, is lab fees. Is that included as part of tuition? No. There's also like student fees and stuff too. Technology fees. Those are, I think, because right. those sometimes get funneled into other like accounts. Like, so a couple of writing center directors that I know, their writing centers are funded by student fees. So like every student pays a dollar for a writing center fee, but that's their budget. Like, and so if enrollment dips, then their budget dips or whatever. So usually I think those types of like lab fees literally pay for lab supplies. They are not keeping the lights on. They are paying for the chemicals in the chemistry labs. I had like my, my trumpet lesson was included under some category where it was required that they charge me a lab fee for my trumpet lesson of $7. Right. That may be, if you're having a trumpet lab, in quotes, the lab portion may require them because it's listed as a lab to charge you lab fees. To charge the lab fee. And I don't know what where that went because it's not like it was, I already bought the Tuning trumpet. the pianos, having the equipment Music moved band. by professionals, you know, yeah. it's my guess. It's maintaining a, the musical equipment. So it was going to the College of Music? It usually, yeah, go, yeah, yeah, it's my guess. Okay. Is my guess. I mean, I don't know Bosho, but I'm I'm. I'm sure it's different than every university. I just wonder, like, it wasn't like it was going to the trumpet studio because we were not rolling in that dough. Uh, well, so, they, they got seven dollars from you, Drew. Come on. So in terms of like music majors, which type of music or instruments or whatever, if it's not if it's instrumental, are like the divas that get all the money? Vocalist? No. Uh, wow. I mean, snap. Whoever had the nicest like studio. I feel like I was set up. That was that was a that was a question I can't answer possibly at all without <laughs> somebody. The divas, trumpet players are hella divas, dude. I know. Yeah, that is yeah. true. You know who's not a diva is the viola player. That's everybody. Oh, the viola. Yeah, everybody and else. Who brings in money that might like they might get that lab fee? Football players. <laughs> Football players. Yeah. Um, in the music department. Yeah, and I mean, everybody has somebody in the department who's like favored, right? Oh. I mean, otherwise your lab would have looked just as good as everybody else's classroom. I guess so. I guess at my university, the trumpet studio was premier in the region, oh. not just the state, but like if you wanted to study trumpet, you went to to Western Michigan. So you were the divas. P- kind of. If you <laughs> want to study saxophone, you go to University of, of Michigan. Is that Cinta? Uh, that's yeah. Yeah, hmm. that's where Andrea went. Yeah, because she was because she was awesome at saxophone. She crushed it. So gotta get get that. Yeah, you go to the top place, and you know, um, uh, well, for you're probably us, getting the lab money somehow. Is my guess. Oh, yeah. well, for sure, we had a really nice facility. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Steal, you're stealing money from the trombones, man. Yeah, those they had to pay that lab fee. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have said anything. They should have been all like, oh, I guess. Yeah. Well, all they have to do is deliver like two pizzas and they got that money. That's okay. Oh, snap. <laughs> all right, sorry, we're off the we're off the chain again. <laughs> okay. Um, next up. I don't think we can answer this. And where does college sports revenue go? I have no idea. Uh, that's not this podcast. That's it. <laughs> I mean, but if you look at the stadiums and all of the like all of the stuff, you can probably figure it out. It's going back into the sports program. I can tell yeah. you where the sports revenue does not go, but that's to the music program. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Yeah. No, actually, we did get a per diem in the marching band. Oh, because you were supporting the when football. we traveled with the football team. I went to 
Marshall Stadium and all over the place. And, and we got like 20 bucks for the day, plus free lunch from Subway, man. They're not mm-hmm. as Was it all you could eat? <laughs> no, it was one sandwich. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Foot long or six inch? I think it was foot long because they knew that we were starving band students. So it was. Okay, that's fair. That's good. Props for that. All right, I'm going to jump down here to where does college endowment come from? It comes from donations, usually from people who, whose gift has matured. We've talked about this with institutional advancement, mm-hmm. a maturing donation or a maturing um, uh, gift is when someone dies mm-hmm. and their will kicks in and then the- That's the, such a euphemism. That's I know, right? <laughs> it's so mature, they have died. Um, so that's I think where most of it comes from gifts basically and and many of them are given after someone has died as part of their will I would like to have so much money when I die that I am able to give some of it to somebody who's not my family yeah Yeah, I would like to have so much money before I die I can give it to somebody who's not my family I can see the effect that would be Uh, way surprise you chose the wrong career that is true (laughs) my job will never allow me to do that you're you're contributing to the university in other ways during your lifetime so it's okay that that is true that is like when I was a graduate student and the people kept calling me up if I wanted to donate to the physics department because they're moving buildings like I'm packing my lab I am not going to give two hundred dollars for somebody else to move something of my, I'm not going to see. So no, thank you. I'm also a graduate student. I don't have $200. Yeah. 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 I love when people ask me for charity to support the schools and uh, fundraisers. And I'm like, no, I, I support the schools. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. No, we're good. We're good. Thanks. Yeah. Like 18 hours of my day. <laughs> a lot of the, like from the endowment, a lot of those donations do come from alums. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so I'm sorry for my schools, but it ain't happening. <laughs> no, I threw 300 bucks at my lifetime membership so I can put my pin down, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was I before I had that. kids. It was before I had kids. There was nothing left to do but just buy alumni donations. Now I they contact me all the time. I, yeah, it was your first mistake was like picking up the phone. I got the pin. The pin. <laughs> I see you're not wearing it, though. That's the problem. Oh, yeah, it's, you know. Melly, do you want to take another one real quick here? Yeah, hold on. I got to. I have. Uh, did I mention that people are melting down? I'm getting a lot of emails right now. Um, you ha- you know. hadn't, but I believe you. Mm. Okay. Wait. Um, so just find one, find, uh, find one you like. It doesn't have to be on this set. It could be on the next or the last. <laughs> well, then the win is all about sports. I don't care about that. Yeah, we can leave that all alone. Oh, how about this? I like this one. What does college bound mean? Ooh, yeah. Uh, means you're going to college or planning to, right? On track. On track. Yeah. But there's like actual program. There's a program called college bound, isn't there? Um, I bet there is. I don't know, but yeah. Seems, seems likely. But a lot of, a lot of, I mean, I, I don't know. I have, this wasn't in my high school. I'll just tell you because I was in a rural school that was too small, but oftentimes you kind of know who's on the college track and who's on the vocational track and they kind of get advised differently, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yep. Yes, it does. Um, and so if you're college bound, then you hopefully know that. 
<laughs> and you've communicated that to your counselor in some way so that you're taking those extra math classes or those foreign language classes. Because whenever I was advising um, at my former institution, there'd be some students who are like, yeah, I don't know why I didn't take any of those classes in high school. And I was like, did you specifically mention wanting to go to college? And they're like, no, actually I didn't think I was going to. And so then they're kind of playing catch up, um, especially those foreign language and math classes, because they were just taking like what they needed to graduate high school, which if for me at least was like, my senior year was an English class is all I had to have, mm -hmm. right? And so, and then you're doing like, I'm a student aid <laughs> for these other hours and doing these other things. But yeah, you're bound for college and you're usually on some sort of trajectory and you kind of know which classes that you might need to set you up for college success. And if you don't know if you are or not, now's a good time to stop and ask. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Either you're already at the time this is recorded, either you're already doing that, right? And you kind of know where you're going or you have about a year. And now is the time to be deciding whether you need to take an SAT. graduating in like two months, then. It's too late at that point. Yeah. <laughs> your, your bed is made. You got to finish out the semester. Yeah. All right. I got one for you, Drew. Okay. What time does college start? What time does college start? Depends on your major. Yeah, oh, so many, so many jokes right now. Music major starts at eight o'clock every day for the rest of your <laughs> every day. And Saturdays at six a.m. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Is that like practice or what? In the stadium Saturday, six a.m. If we didn't have a game, we were in the stadium six a.m. Practicing? Actually, I I'm, yeah. I'm not, that's not correct. We were in the stadium, but not at six a.m. And if we had a game, we were in the stadium at six a.m. for practice before the game. Oh. Yeah, it was nonstop, dude. It was nonstop. So paper, we had the paper university, paper college, um, and they went out to the paper plant uh, at, mm -hmm. on Saturdays. Um, yeah, so a lot of programs are 8 a.m. Um, a, a lot of other programs are not, you can pick your class times, you know, and then yeah. when you get to the professional level and you're no longer doing your liberal arts core, the third year you start in doing all these ADMs that are like the professional level classes. Yeah. I will say that when you're doing your general education aspect, your day starts earlier. Uh, so when I went to college and I dropped uh, first semester Italian, my first semester. So I dropped down to 13 credit hours and then followed up my second semester by also taking 13 credit hours. But part of what that meant was that I didn't fill all of my gen eds in the first two years. And so in my last year, I had to be taking gen eds while I'm taking my upper level physics courses, which normally that was the time when people would be taking in the physics major anyway, you know, your, your 14 credit hours instead of 16. But I was taking a full load at 16 or 17 credit hours at that time, half of which was physics, like quantum mechanics, second semester, and half of which was intro to music listening, which was at 745 Tuesday, Thursday. <laughs> so those music listening. It was a gen ed. I needed to fill a credit. <laughs> it was awesome, though. We, we learned about opera because this dude was an opera guy. We were actually not allowed to take that course. Because of course you wouldn't be able to. As a major, you know, we were like, yeah, it was that. music for dummies. Yeah, basically, basically. I, mean, I wouldn't have been taking physics 101. That wouldn't have counted for me. Yeah, it was the, the music appreciation course was like taught yeah. by the, the best professor or one of the most engaging professors uh, who actually taught 
one of the music history courses, but we were disallowed because it was uh, it was for non-majors. That's right. Well, and we call those feeder classes. So you want an engaging professor in those classes because you could potentially, although music is a harder sort of major to switch into, but you could like get people interested in that major by having dynamic professors um, Mm -hmm. in those sort of gen ed classes that could potentially attract teachers. So I would uh, refer to those as service courses, courses that do not, are not for the major, but are a service for other majors, you still want to have a good engaging professor there if you can, because uh, if the word gets out, because they have options, right? Yeah. And you want them to take from your yeah. department and your division yeah. if possible. So you, you want your classes to make and you need to right. have like <laughs> stuff going on. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you're, if it's a good class of students, enjoy it. To make. Yeah. 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 So, well, you do. I mean, honestly, that's how it is, right? Yeah, the enrollment is too low. The class is canceled. That's what I mean. Like the listeners don't know what. Uh, Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Making a class making means the enrollment is high enough in, b- before the semester starts that the class will go forward and be taught. If the enrollment is too low, the class will just be canceled. Everybody who is registered for that course has to find a new course to fill. Yep. their credits I mean, yeah. Thursday that has seven enrollment right now. And it's like, mm. yeah, I'm at a small school. So our cutoff for making is quite low. And some courses in majors where we have a small number of majors at the upper level, even if they have two students and they technically wouldn't make, they'll go forward anyway, because the majors need that to graduate and not teaching that course would graduate on prevent time. them from graduating. Right. We have to keep people graduating on time. So that's when it doesn't, but those like gen ed classes, typically they fill because there's, uh, you know, they, you have a bunch of people who are non-majors. So yeah. you have a bigger pool to draw from. that are going to come in and take it. Yeah. So I was just thinking about the timing thing. Like when does, when does college start or whatever? Um, I took a 7am class one semester. I don't Oh, that's rough. Yeah. It was comp two. Totally. Ooh. Yeah. And it was during the uh, winter, you know, like the spring semester. So it was like dark whenever I, you know, yeah, it was pitch really, black when you went to class, yeah. Yeah. watch the sunrise from the classroom. But like when I got to my major classes, English professors are not early risers. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, there was hardly ever an English class that started before 10 a.m. And that that was my experience with physics classes as well. And as from a TA perspective, that the the more advanced classes, the 300, 400-level classes, those times are... um, are picked to be more convenient for the professor. So they're not just not going to be early unless you have like somebody who gets up at five and swims in the morning. And then they're like, yeah, I'm teaching 8am. And then everyone's like, ah, but yeah, as you, the gen eds tend to be earlier in my experience, the major courses tend to be later. And the, the more you constrict that population, the later in the day they become. Right. And like uh, required writing classes, for example, you know, there's are assigned to TAs and those kinds of things. And they have to offer those in a wider variety. There's more sections of them. Um, And so when you're making your schedule, like the department chair makes the English department schedule where I am. And he just makes sure that the major classes don't conflict with each other so that English majors can take any of those that they want. But other than that, like it's instructor preference. Yeah, we have a lot of... 
instructors, then you can you can sort of scatter shot where we have relatively few number of faculty. And so actually in the division, we're like, how is physics, is the physics class impacting organic chemistry or biology or math classes? Because as they progress through say the health and biomedical sciences major or the biology major, physics will come up as an option. And we need to know like, can they take it when they're supposed to take it? Or am I locking them out of a class they need to be taking at that time? So there's a lot more interaction for us in terms of slotting in these classes uh, for these majors. Okay. So that's when college starts. There we go. <laughs> Other than that, like September, right? Yeah. Oh. College starts in after high school. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> so I think I think that does it for us. And we got the last one, which is win, but it's all about football and basketball <clears throat> and softball. So also, we are, uh, we're not the audience to. I, no. I, I, I will say that there are there are places where school is a very different sort of uh, rhythm to ours. Like my understanding is, say, in Japan, school starts in the spring, actually. And so we're running really out of sync for them. So we, we start in September, we start in the fall and run fall to the end of spring, sort of running into summer. Um, but I suppose it's possible that other places and other cultures are gonna be running on a completely different schedule. Mm -hmm. But if you're coming to the US, you will generally, if you're gonna start at the beginning of our academic year, that'll be late August, early September. Mid-August for me. We're always mid, I don't know why. I mean, I start work mid-August, but it's like two weeks in the lead up to the start of classes. Yeah, my, our, my K-12 calendar keeps getting earlier and earlier this year coming up August 21 it's going to be the 12th of August is the first day for students what? wow yeah and it used to be like that's the day I got married on and and we went on a honeymoon for two weeks and then came back and had like another weekend before school started and now yeah. now that's when the kids start so whatever I mean hopefully you get a lot of time in, in the winter break no yeah, I mean, they have, they have spread out and everything. We start early, but we also end differently. I don't, I don't know. There's, it's, they added a couple of days. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for today. Thank you, Melody and Drew, for going through this autocomplete interview for how college or why or what. So, when college works. When college works. Um, that's, a, that's a difficult question. <laughs> when, when college works. So if you would like to reach out to us, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Highland, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-A-N-D, or Gmail at peter.o.highland, H-Y-L-A-N-D, at gmail.com. All right. See everybody next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>